Well, praise the Lord, and welcome to our Romans Bible study. Every Monday and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time, I pray that all is well with you and that you would get your Bibles, pencil, paper, follow along with us today. Let's study the Word of God. I know He has something to say to us. I know He has bread for us to partake of today so that we can experience Him even more, know more about Him, learn to trust Him more, to experience uh, His will for our lives because He has one and it's good and it's perfect. We just need to accept it. Amen. Got to get in the Word of God to find it. So today we're in Romans chapter 7. This is part 19 and today is August the 1st, 2019. I always like to throw that in so we'll know where we are exactly when we are uh, recording this. Don't forget that after these live broadcasts every Monday and Thursday morning on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page, uh, everything we do is uploaded to the YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316. It's also uploaded to the uh, website, which is thecrosswaychurch.com. So uh, uh, make sure you go and avail yourself to those places, those websites. Also, I have a, uh, a channel on the Spreaker app, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R, and there you can find my channel, which is for those who have ears to hear, or you can just type in my name. And everything I do now, whether it's in the pulpit at Crossway Church or in Georgia, where we'll be going this weekend to be with my friend Scotty William on Sunday morning uh, there in Dublin, Georgia, I will use my iPad Pro and I record the audio and it uploads automatically to my Spreaker channel. So if anything ever happens to the camera or the, the whatever, uh, you can go to the Spreaker app, and it's real easy. It's probably the best way to listen. Get the Spreaker app on your phone. Get my channel, and and it's on the iPod or what a podcast. I, the, my stuff's on the podcast, so you can go there. Anyway, one last thing before we dig into the Word this morning, and that is I want you to pray uh, for our church now that we've planted in Wichita Falls, Texas. Uh, there and we've been going since November, the second weekend every month, and uh, and now we're beginning. The church is open every every weekend uh, and Wednesday night. So uh, pray for that new cross preaching church there in Wichita Falls, Texas, and just keep listening. You'll hear more about that later. And help support this ministry. Help support the preaching of the gospel, the preaching of the cross. You can do that as easy as going to the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, hitting the donate button, and that'll be through PayPal, or you can just text your giving to Crossway Church through 903-231-5950. We praise God for all of you who are helping us do what God's called us to do to preach this glorious gospel, and that is all we preach. That's, we've, the Lord has blessed us, and we've become determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified. So God bless you, and I praise you. Uh, I praise the Lord, rather, for all He's doing and all He's saying in these last days. So let's get our Bibles, let's get ready to dig in, and let's see here in Romans chapter 7, again, part 19 this morning. And here we'll start in verse, uh, let's just read, uh, starting in verse 20. I know we've covered that, but we'll move through that and, and move into some new area this morning. The Bible says in Romans chapter 7, verse 20, Now if I do that which I would not, I don't want to do it, but I'm doing it, 
It is no more I that do it, but sin. That means the sin nature. That's the noun there. The sin nature that dwells in me. Christians, you still have a sin nature in you. That thing is dormant only when your faith is in the sacrifice of Christ. When we move our faith from that object, the only object God has ever given us to have our faith in, then the sin nature revives, Paul said, and I die. That's what he said. Is it verse 11, uh, verse 9? He says, For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, that means when he started trying to live according to the law again, the sin nature revived and I died. And let me say something about that before we move too much further into this. If you've been taught that Romans chapter 7 is about Paul before he was converted, before he was saved, you will never grasp what's being taught. You will never understand even the chapter before this, chapter 6. And if you never understand chapter 6, you can never be discipled. You're not discipled because you're going to a discipleship training class, because you're going to a church, because you're reading your Bible. Discipleship, Jesus said the qualification to be his disciple is to deny yourself, take up your cross daily. That means have your faith in nothing but what he did for you at Calvary and follow him. Your cross is not your bad situations, my friend. You better, you better know what it means to take up your cross when your bad situations come. Or you'll just keep going through the same old mess over and over. Let me say it again. No one has ever been discipled unless they've understood Romans chapter 6 as it pertains to faith in the cross for the victorious, sanctified living in Christ where sin no longer dominates you and you've been delivered from the I know I should, but I can't, and I don't want to, but I keep doing it. If you don't understand faith in the cross for your victory daily, not just your getting saved and getting in the kingdom, <clears throat> then you'll never live in victory. And if you mess up Romans chapter 7 by thinking this was Paul before he was saved or Paul before he was old enough to be a Jew and, and the law and all that stuff. Listen, if you don't understand that this is the apostle Paul saved, born again, spirit-filled, not knowing how to live in victory, but knowing he should be able to, something's not right. Christ provided more at Calvary for my way to heaven. He's provided a way for me to live in him, in victory through him, so that sin no longer dominates my life. I'm not talking about perfection here. There won't be any of that until we're with the Lord. But the Bible says in Romans 6.14 that sin shall not dominate you and shall not have dominion over you because you're not under law, but you're now under grace. So we begin to learn what grace really is. And Paul knew there was something out of whack here. I know I should be able to do what I know I should be doing. And I know I shouldn't have to be doing any longer what I don't want to be doing. And that's where 99.9% .9 of all Christianity is. I know I should have, but I didn't. I know I shouldn't, but I did. You need to understand that today. You can live in a place where that's no longer your testimony. 
you can live in victory if you understand Romans chapter 7 is about Paul being saved and not knowing how to live saved, saved and not knowing how to live in victory, saved and not knowing how to apply the victory afforded him at Calvary. But the Holy Spirit began to teach him and show him, and the Holy Spirit through him wrote that for us. The Holy Spirit just didn't show up in Paul's life and say, sit down, I'm going to teach you a few things. No, Paul had to go through it by experience, and the Holy Spirit began to teach him in his experience. Is your experience one of years of Christianity and yet making excuses for the sin in your life, but you know you should be living for God? I know I should, but I'm not. I know I shouldn't, but I am. Well, God gave the Apostle Paul the answer. Do you want it? Here, that's the real question. You see, the apostle, a lot, the difference between a lot of Christians today and the Apostle Paul is the Apostle Paul wanted freedom from sin. A lot of Christians today have been seduced to the point when, when they begin to hear the message, they don't want it. They've turned away. They've, they've gone back into the attractions of the world. You, my friend, do you want the answer to live in victory? That's the question because the answer has been given. Do you want it? You can have it. Paul wanted it, and he received it. And through him, it's been given to us. The question is, do we want it? Will we move away from the traditions of our grandfathers and fathers and maybe that church that we are in now being taught wrong, that this was about Paul and some other time? Listen, if that's what you're being taught, I, it's a guarantee you'll never live in victory. You'll never live in victory because you're seeing the Scriptures wrong. You're seeing the scriptures wrong. And if you get Romans 7 wrong, that means you messed up Romans 6 and you'll never get Romans 6. And of course, because of that, when it gets to Romans 8, talking about the leading and, and of the Spirit and walking after the Spirit, that, that's just that's out of your range. That's out of your grip. If you don't get Romans chapter 6 and 7, Romans 8 is out of your reach. So you better back up. You better, like the Apostle Paul, back up. God, I need help. I know the help is there. I want it. And he got it. The question is, do you want it? If you really want it, not say you want it. God sees the hearts that want it. And God honors the hearts that want it. The heart that cries out to God, he will show. And the Bible says that's tied to fear. Isn't it amazing? You've asked before, how do we have the message of the cross and my family won't get it, my, my friends won't get it. I'm not talking about they don't have it for salvation. I'm talking about they won't accept it for sanctified, victorious living. They, they, won't, they won't let go of that which they have. Listen, the Bible says in Psalms 25, 14, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him and he shows them, them, that fear him, them, he shows them his covenant. And only those who are seeing the covenant can live in the victory afforded them through the covenant. Not them who just came in because of the covenant. Praise God, because you're in, now you have access. But have you learned that the only object of faith has to remain that object that got you in? Because that's your victory. Praise God. I'm, I hope you know these things today. Many are leaving these dead, dried-up churches. They, they're learning that they've got to get up like Abraham did and get out. They're around people that are saved. A lot of them are not saved, but a lot of them are, but they refuse to go on. And they're hearing this. They're hearing this, but they're rejecting it. 
but you're not rejecting it. You're hearing it. That means you've got to get up and get out and find you a group of believers so that you can be once again among those who have light precious faith. You're, the Bible says we're to think the same thing. The Bible says we're to speak the same thing. Are you in a congregation that is speaking the same thing? Most are not. So you got to get up and you got to get out. Watch this now. Uh, let's read this again. Uh, Romans 7 verse 20. Now if I do that, I would not. I, I keep doing what I don't want to do. It is no more I that do it, but the sin nature that dwells in me. Now notice this. This is not a cop-out Paul trying to make excuses. I, it ain't me doing it. There's denominational people out there, certain denominations that say we're perfect. See, the Bible says it's not us that's doing it. No, he's referring here to it's, no, it's not me and who I am in Christ doing this. This is what I'm doing when the sin nature is reigning in me. This is what happens when it's this evil in me, this, this flesh operating when my faith is not in the sacrifice, when I turn back to thinking I can keep the law, when I turn to a program or an event, the purpose-driven life, the government of 12, the anything other, anything other. God's not using those things. The preacher will say God's using these things to draw you closer. Hear me this morning. Jeremiah 31.3 says that the Lord has drawn us with his loving kindness. We're, listen, it's the loving kindness of God that draws us, but make no mistake, Ephesians 2.13 says it's that he only brings us near by the blood. Everybody's being drawn on the planet by the love of God, the loving kindness of God, those that don't even know what it is. They don't know what that draw is. We've called it a void all these years. And it is a void. There is something desperately missing. It's Christ. But, but, but I call that void a pull. Because Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. That's why when you're born, you're, you're born in sin. You're, you're, you're born into sin, conceived in iniquity, but there's a void there. There's a pull there because it's that loving kindness of God. It's drawing you. You don't know what it is. Most will reject it and burst hell wide open and, 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 and never experience eternal life. That's what Jesus taught. But when you hear the gospel, you realize what that pull is being, that void is being. And when you surrender to the gospel, now you're brought near to God by the blood. There's a difference between being drawn and coming near. You know, it's kind of like the, the tug of war. There's something on the end of that rope that's trying to pull you, and you're pulling against it on your end. But when you hear the gospel, you surrender, and you just, you're brought right on in to the victory of Christ. Glory to God. That's good news, my friend. That's great news. That's the best news ever. Hallelujah. It's one thing to be drawn. It's another thing to be made near. Again, those scriptures are Jeremiah 31 and 3. In Ephesians 2.13, you, you better know these things. You need to learn these things. So watch this. Paul saying, listen, I'm doing that that I don't want to do anymore, but it ain't me. It's not who I am in Christ that's doing that, but it's the sin nature that's still dwelling in me. Now let's move on. Verse 21, he says, I find then a law. Now notice, He's not some Christian who just says, well, I guess this is the way it's going to be. No, Paul's looking for something. Paul's looking for the victory. The Bible says, I find then. 
Why is this happening? I'm searching. God, I know I should be living in victory. I want to live in victory. I know Jesus paid for my victory. I know it. And so start looking so that he can show you. And you can say, I find then there's a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Now, I want you to hear this today. This is so good. Even though there's a sin nature, even though there's a flesh, even though there's evil present with us, there's also a desire in us now to serve God and to live for God, to please God, to lay up treasure in heaven. There, that desire is there too. Even though there, there, there is an evil present with us, there is also one who lives within us who said he is greater than all these things. Hallelujah. But we've got to learn to submit. We've got to learn to hear. We've got to learn to follow. We've got to learn the truth of the cross. Because the answer for all things is in the cross. He says, I find in the law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. And I've got a note here I'd like to read. It's, it's, it tells us in Romans 8 and 2 that it's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that made us free from the law of sin and death. That's the law that's at work, that evil, the law of sin and death, that the one we the law we were born under, the law of sin and death. And you need to understand that. Evil refers to the sin nature dwelling in Paul and allowed to work in Paul when he puts his faith in the commandment. The moment we move our faith from the cross, and here's a great example. I've used it for years. I do a big piece of stupid on Friday. I say something ugly to my wife. I get mad. I, I get angry. I throw a wall-eyed hissy fit. I, I use foul language or do whatever the sin might be on Friday. And on Monday, I, I see somebody who's needing some help, somebody needing some food. So I pull my wallet out because I'm still feeling guilty about what I did on Friday. And now I'm going to work myself out of that bad idea. I'm going to cover that piece of stupid up with a big piece of good. And now, it, listen, that'll never work. And unknowingly, I'm trying to work my way out of that bad. I'm trying to do something to get out of that bad. I'm trying to do something to cover up that bad. The Bible says in Proverbs 28, 13, he that covers his sin shall not prosper. But he that confesses and forsakes his sin shall have the mercy of God. Why can't we find the prosperity of victorious living in Christ where sin's not dominating us any longer? is because we're trying to work our way out. That's why most of the books in the Christian bookstores today are telling you what you got to do, what you have to do. Get it? Get in that church over there. they got a government of 12. They'll teach you. Get in that church over there. You need deliverance. They, they've got this tithing up. They've got this cover thing. They've got a great pastor, and, and, and you got to tithe up to him, and he'll tithe up to another preacher. And then this church over here has got the purpose driven, and you know that 40 days of purpose. And, you know, you get in that, and on the 41st day, you're right back where you started again. And you always will be because none of that stuff works. And next year there'll be another scheme by some falsely anointed person who's not anointed by God. The anointing is truth, the Bible says. And then eventually, hopefully, you'll work your way right back into a place where sin's dominating you so bad and you're making excuses for the sin in your life so bad 
that and, and hopefully you'll you'll be like Paul and you'll say, This is not the way this is supposed to be. And you'll turn back, led by the Holy Spirit, to the place, the only place God's offered for your initial salvation, your daily salvation, your entrance into the kingdom of God initially, and your daily ministered to you by the Spirit of God, abundant entrance into the kingdom. Second Peter one eleven. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We need to learn these things. So watch this now. He says, I, For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Now, he's saved. You can't be doing that as a lost person. Another scripture to prove this is not about Paul when he's lost. Because if he's lost, he don't have a new inward man that's delighting in the law of God. Think about that. He might be delighting in the law of God as a Jew outwardly, but he didn't have a new inward man, a new inner man created in Christ Jesus, created in righteousness and true holiness, Ephesians 4.24, until he's born again, until he was alive, listen, verse 9, without the law. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But when he turns back to the law, to try to serve the law, the sin nature revives, he dies. That means he doesn't die, fall dead physically. That means he walks in a place now where he can't bear fruit. And you better hear that. He cannot bear fruit under the law. And everybody whose faith is not in the cross, it's in the law. They're under the law. They're dead. Sin nature's dominating. They may not be drunk on whiskey. They may not be back in the clubs, but they're religious now. Having faith in anything other than the cross is a sin in and of itself. Because anything that is not of faith is sin, the Bible says. And the Bible says that the law is not of faith. Think about that. Anything not of faith is sin, and the law is not of faith. Therefore, when my faith is in anything other than the cross, it's in something I'm doing, they're doing, I'm saying, they're saying. Something, it's law. It's not of faith. Therefore, it's sin. That's powerful. Did you know that? Does the church not need to be hearing this, everyone, everywhere, so that they can come back to the place of living in victory? You ask almost any Christian today, how do I live for God? And they'll start telling you immediately, go to church, read your Bible, fast and pray, give time. They'll start telling you the things you're supposed to be doing as a Christian because they don't even understand the question, how do I live for God? How do I stop doing that which I don't want to do? How do I do that which I know I should be doing? And listen, they don't know it. That's why... In the typical church today, somebody gets born again, they're lit up, man, they're on fire for God, and the people, the elderly people in the church say, oh, that'll settle down here in a few weeks, a few months, and they'll just fit right on in. Listen, no, they've missed the boat, they've, they've lost their way, let me, they've lost their way, the, the, the new converts got more going on than they've had, they got going on after 20 years, and it ought not be that way. It ought not be that way, my friends. The fire the new convert has is the fire, a greater fire. They should have. The Bible says in Proverbs 4.18 that the path of the just shines more until that perfect day. Hallelujah. And those elderly folks, they'll just take the light and the fire and, and, the, and the power. They'll suck it right out of those new converts. 
because they don't know the way of victory is the way of the cross. They don't know it. Paul didn't know it, but he's learning it by the power of the Holy Spirit through his uh, experience of failure, but knowing there has to be more. He's looking for it. Are you looking for it? Will you take it and hold it and run with it once you hear it? Or will you choose to stay in that traditional, dead, dried-up religion, which is what it's become? If you're in a church that, that, that says, you know, man, they're on fire. The kids are on fire. Man, they're out there clapping and praising God. But when they come to church with the older folks, all that's dead and gone and dried up. What you did as a youth, out with the youth, you ought to be doing a hundred times more now as an older person. You ought to have a hundred times more illumination of God's word concerning Christ now. Maturity doesn't mean you fall back and get all solemn. Maturity means you're growing and praising God even more, that the light is shining more, and the fire and the power of God you had in the beginning should be even more so now. Hallelujah. That, this is good stuff, and God is changing things. God has begun to move in the church today. God is pulling people up and out of those places. They're dying. They're falling away. Everywhere I go, I see old churches shut up and rotting. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah, hallelujah, because there wasn't nothing going on in there. If there was, they'd still be going on, because what God is doing is increasing. Hallelujah. It ain't decreasing. It's increasing. He wants that fire he gave you to increase. He wants that knowledge he began in your heart to increase. He wants everything he's doing in your life to increase. Glory to God. If it's decreasing, listen, you need to repent. You're backsliding. Oh, but you would say, well, I still believe in Christ. Yeah, for what got you in the kingdom, but are you believing in him now, trusting in him now? Your faith is in that sacrifice official work now. And that's the message you're looking for. That's the message you're, you're not going to sit under what it means to be a winner, what it means to be a team player, what it means to do this, what it means to be a denominational whatever you are. You want to hear the preaching of the cross because God says it is the power of God and glory to God. That's what you finally have realized now that you need. The power of God. And to us who are saved, it's the preaching of the cross. My Lord, this is good stuff. He says, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil's present with me. That's a law you can't escape from. It's there. It's set in stone. It's a law that the sin nature, the law of sin and death, has a right to work in your life as long as you're trying to uh, uh, live for God according to the law. Think about that. Do you know the Bible says uh, in Romans chapter 8, we'll get there one of these years, pretty soon coming up, I hope, that, the, that for what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God had to send his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to condemn sin in the flesh. That mean, That's talking about what he did at Calvary. In his flesh, he condemned sin through his death, hallelujah. The law couldn't do it. When we try to live according to anything other than faith in the cross, our flesh weakens whatever it is, and it ends up in failure. It's failure. So listen to me. We're either trying to live according to some law, and it's being weakened through our flesh and bringing corruption, because that's all that can happen under the law. The Bible says the law, and that's any law, not just the Ten Commandments. You set a law out here and try to obey it, 
Your faith is in that other than faith in the cross of Christ, which is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Listen, you're being changed, but not by the, by the spirit of God from glory to glory. You're being changed by the world, your circumstances, your situations. You're being changed by something other than the Spirit of God. Thank you. Think about this. We're either trying to live according to some law and corruption is taking place because that's a sin, or our faith is in the sacrifice of Christ and now the Spirit of God is fulfilling the law in us who believe in that work Christ performed because he's the one who fulfilled it. He didn't fulfill it so that now you can go out and fulfill it without faith in what he did to fulfill it. That will never work. If you're being taught that now it's up to you to work it out, then you don't understand what work, your, what work out your own salvation means because right there with it, it says, don't you know that it's God who's working in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure? So if you want to work out your own salvation, the key there is salvation. Where did it take place? At the cross. So if you're going to work out, you've got to be allowing the Holy Spirit to work that salvation provided you in you. The only thing you and I can work out is what's being worked in. And it's God working in, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. And if we keep our faith in the sacrifice, the Holy Spirit will give us the experience of fulfilling the law in Christ. But if our faith is not in the sacrifice of Christ, we're trying to fulfill the law. We're trying to please God and serve God. But you can't do it under the law because the Spirit of God don't work under law. He only works under grace. If he can get you out of law and under grace, that means faith in the cross, he can go to work in your life. And he can continue that perfect work until the day of Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Man, y'all about to make me run out of time today. He says, now listen, this another verse 22 Proves he's born again. He's not lost. He's born again. He says, For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. And again, the inward man is the born again new man. It's who you are in Christ. Justified, sanctified, set apart now for God to conform you into his image. That means change you by the Spirit of God from glory to glory. That's 2 Corinthians 3.18. Think about it. This good stuff. This basic Bible. And you know what? That's all God's offering today. That's all he's ever offered. Basic Bible. Because in the simplicity of basic Bible, which is the simplicity of Christ, you're going to find everything you're looking for. And you're going to be able, by the Spirit of God, to escape everything that's not of God. Every hindrance, every trouble, every hardness, everything that comes along. And not only that, you'll be able to escape all that, but the Holy Spirit, if you will grab a hold of this truth of the cross, the Holy Spirit will begin to reveal the Word of God to you in a light that is brighter than you've ever seen it. And what that means, a greater picture of Christ, because He is the light. Hey, he is the light. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He says in verse 23, But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. 
Notice, he's a child of God, born again, blood-bought, spirit-filled, on his way to heaven, called to reach the Gentiles, and all with the word of God. He's the one given the revelation right here. We're reading it and studying it. The revelation of the cross is more than going to heaven. It's living a life with Christ expressed through us as our victory as our king of kings and the one who is our victor. Hallelujah. And there's no experience of victory if faith is not exclusively in the cross because the sin nature is dominating. You might not think it is, but we've studied in this same chapter. Watch this. I've got to close. But when our faith is not in the cross, it, you can't hear this too much. Verse 11, for sin, the sin nature, takes occasion by the commandment. When I turn from the cross to something I got to do, the purpose driven, the government of 12, the promise keepers, if I'll just call my buddy, oh, anything other than the cross. The sin nature takes occasion by whatever that is. And here, this is why they won't turn back. This is why the sin nature, the number one thing it does, it's in verse 11, deceives us and by it slays us. That's why Paul said, when, I, when the commandment came, the sin nature revived. When I started trusting in the law again, I can please God according to my doing the law again. The sin nature revives and I die. It deceives me and it slays me. Because the law is only weakened when we try to live according to it through the flesh. Jesus had to condemn sin in the flesh. And when we keep our faith there, my friend, you will finally begin maybe after 45, 60, maybe you've been a Christian 60 years and you've never known the way of the cross for daily victory living. Don't get mad because your life has been thrown away when it comes to that. And maybe you've led people to Christ. Maybe you've told them about Christ and what he did at Calvary and you've seen many people saved. But if you've not known to teach them Romans 6, 7, and 8, for victorious living through faith alone in the cross of Christ alone, then you've never been able to help anybody live in victory for Christ because it's not about getting in a church. It's not about sitting under a preacher. Those things we should do and we, we better be doing, but that's not where victory is found. Why? Because that's what we do. That's not what Christ did. God bless you. Don't forget everything is uploaded to the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. Pray for us. We're going to Dublin, Georgia this weekend, really to Atlanta, Georgia first to see my son Noah, who's training there. Then we're going to see Pastor Scotty Williams and his great folks there in uh, a Crossway uh, Church there in Dublin, Georgia. And on Sunday morning, pray for us. God bless you. We love you. And until next time, stay absolutely determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. God bless you. We love you. See you next time.